blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show. What? I just like the way that you've really grown into the announcement. Blurred okay. up, blurred up. I like the way you say it. Say it again. Dashi. Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. I am your host, Brendan, who has had his first cup of coffee in actually ever. I don't think I've ever had that much coffee in my life. Wow. I actually, I just told them ahead of time, I don't drink coffee, mm-hmm. but I'm really tired today. And mm-hmm. I had my first cup of coffee. Mikey in the, uh, the studio owner here has made the best coffee I've ever had in my life. Actually. It is delicious. And that other voice. <laughs> is my co-host Mel who drinks coffee all the time and can't understand why Brendan is shaking this way yeah the taste I just can't get into it even this is this is like bearable it's good it's fine mm-hmm. in, a, in a pinch and this is the best coffee I've ever had you're, you're damning it with faint praise you're just you know backhanded uh-huh <laughs> anyway we're here to talk about Tim Burton's first Batman film which turns 30 this Sunday it released in the U.S. on June 23rd, 1989. We're going to go through a little history and trivia. We watched it again recently. And similar to our Coming to America retrospective, we're going to talk about whether it still holds up, what's good, and what may not be so good. Okay. I'm really interested in what you have to say about this. Yeah. Uh... I thought this would be really fun to just go through, but the more that I learned about this movie and just watching it again, I kind of went down a down a rabbit hole. Mm. So folks, bear with me. But yeah, this will be fun, I hope. Hope yeah, you guys hope, hope so. you guys dig it. So I did some research on this and learned that before this movie released, this was in the pipeline for about ten years. Wow. Almost right after the success of the first Superman movie that came out in nineteen seventy eight. Mm-hmm. I want to set the scene for everybody. In the late 70s, Batman was losing popularity. Mm-hmm. The producers, Michael Olson and Benjamin Meineker, they wanted to make a definitive, serious, dark Batman movie the way the creators originally had in mind. Interesting. So they bought the rights, and then they went to several studios like Columbia and United Artists to do it, but they turned them down because they wanted to return to the campiness of the 60s. Pow, zoom, bang, that one. Yes. Okay. Wow. But they would get their way in the future, right? <laughs> yeah. Just just side note, can you imagine if Columbia picked up a Batman movie and then somehow Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Daredevil, and Batman were coming from the same company? Well, yeah. Wow, I'll drink a little coffee in the spirit of what could have been. Interesting. Like, can you just imagine if DC sold the rights to their properties the way Marvel did? Wow, yeah, that'd be an interesting, gosh. Like, Superman's over there, Batman's over there, Wonder Woman's on Fox for some reason, Flash is on New Line or something Mm -hmm. with Blade. (laughs) Wow, okay, yeah, that's a good point, actually. So anyway, in 1980, WB decided to produce the movie. Mm -hmm. Some of the original scripts included Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne's origin. Because, you know, the origin was kind of cut out of this movie. They, yeah. had, they had a flashback of his parents, but not like right. a deep, like Batman Begins. Right. Mm-hmm. It had Rupert Thorne. The Joker was always a constant, and Jack Nicholson was a front runner from the very beginning. In fact, the producers talked to Nicholson back in the mid-80s about the role. One director who preceded Tim Burton wanted Bill Murray to play Batman. <laughs> Wow. And get this, Eddie Murphy to be Robin. I don't even know how that would work. Yeah. Wow. I want all to just kind of just marinate on that for a moment. I just, I'm just having a flashback to every sketch they ever did together on Saturday Night Live. That, wow, no. So after Pee-wee's big adventure in 1985, WB finally hired Tim Burton the next year. He was inspired by The Dark Knight Returns. And his girlfriend wrote like a 30-page outline to make the script a little darker. Burden brought on Sam Hamm to tackle the story. Mm-hmm. And following the success of The Killing Joke in 1988, WB finally greenlit the movie. Mm-hmm. It was time. 
I want to go through some of the casting because I thought that was also some of the most eye-opening <laughs> aspects of the movie production. Right. When Michael Keaton was announced as Batman, fans were pissed. I could imagine, yeah. You know what his famous movies were before this came out, right? Did Beetlejuice come out before or after yes. this? Yeah, Beetlejuice, yeah. So mm-hmm. Beetlejuice came out a year before. Another and, great movie. Yeah. And then you Terrible had... musical, but anyway, sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he also did Mr. Mom and Night Shift. So- he was everyone was kind of thinking he was typecast as a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Even Batman creator Bob Kane and mm-hmm. the story writer Sam Hamm were like mad skeptical about really him being in this movie. Also, Tim Burton was known for Pee Wee's Big Adventure, so <laughs> all the fans thought this movie was going to be campy, similar to that Adam West show that they were trying to get away from. Right. See, I didn't know all this context. This is getting interesting. Yeah. Okay. Tim Burton was actually inspired by The Killing Joke and Dark Knight Returns. Mm -hmm. So he kind of funneled that theme, obviously, into this movie. Mm -hmm. Around 50,000 protest letters were sent to Warner Brothers Studios. Right. Okay. Interesting. Let's put that in context for our younger listeners. This was before the internet existed in the way that it does now. This was before Twitter. This was before social media responses. So for for them to receive 50,000 letters... That's kind of like getting a million retweets of somebody complaining about uh, something coming out now. And I have numbers for that. Yeah. As toxic as The Last Jedi Backlash was, Mm -hmm. only 45,000 people signed the petition to have it deleted from Star Wars canon. So you had 55,000 people physically write or type letters. And took time to deliver them via mail. Yeah. Can you imagine what those numbers would look like today? If it was as easy as using social media? Oh, my gosh. Would it have reached the the 1.2 milli that Game of Thrones petition got? Yeah, yeah, exactly. not more. Right. And the other thing is that uh, this is in a time when Batman was declining in popularity, like you said. So they really pissed the fans off. Yeah. Wow. What if they knew that Harvey Dent was being played by a black man? That the Joker's origin had been changed to be the murder of Bruce's parents. Would they mm-hmm. would that have even fueled more anger like that stuff does today? Probably. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow. To combat angry fanboys, Bob Kane was drafted as a consultant. And there's even an, an Easter egg in the movie. I don't know if you saw that. But when the newspaper staff showed uh, Knox mm-hmm. the Batman fans a picture, it had Bob Kane's signature. Oh, it. no, I didn't see. I never, never saw that. Huh. So I already mentioned Bill Murray as a person considered for the role. Can you guess who else was considered for the role? Mm, Honestly, no. Please tell me. (laughs) Okay. We'll do a little trivia here. I'm going to do a a multiple choice. A, B, C, and D. Okay. All right. Which of these actors was not considered to play Batman? Was not. Okay. Mel Gibson. (laughs) Kevin Costner. William Defoe. Mm Mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, okay. I don't was I don't think Pierce Brosnan was all that famous when this was made. I don't know how old he is, but I don't think he was a big star when this was made. But I would say the same thing about Kevin Cosner. No, wait, because Robin, Robin Hood Prince Hood. of Thieves Thieves came out around that time. I think and, it came out yeah, after that. Though. It came out after, but around that time he was a presence. Oh no, 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 stop. <laughs> Actually that song does kinda that's a good song. That's a good song. Anyway. Uh okay, so who so it was Pierce Brosnan Kevin Cosner, Mel Gibson, William Mel Defoe. Gibson. Yeah, I could see Mel Gibson being considered, but I'm really glad he didn't get it if he was. Willem Dafoe, his star was rising pretty high at the time. I could have seen him being considered for the role as well. I'm going to say Pierce Brosnan because I don't think he was famous at the time. That's a good guess. Mm-hmm. But it was a trick question. They were oh. all considered. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. What was Pierce Brosnan in at that time? I don't know. But let me go down the list wow. of other people. So Mel Gibson. Uh-huh. Kevin Costner, Charlie mm-hmm. Sheen, oh Tom Selleck, Harrison Ford, Dennis Quaid, Pierce Brosnan, is... Ray Liotta, and wow. William Defoe. Okay, everybody but Ray Liotta makes sense on that list to me. Okay. Just because they were all kind of generic leading men of the time. Sure. Right. But I'm surprised listening to that list that Michael Keaton got the job. That's what's interesting is mm-hmm. that originally Burton wanted an unknown actor. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even really consider Keaton. It was one of the producers who saw another performance of his in another movie. I forgot the name. It escapes me right now. 
It isn't any of the ones that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. The only real big superhero movie at the time was Superman. Yes. Which made Christopher Reeves a legit megastar. Right. Uh, did Michael, Ke- do you know, did he take the role thinking it was going to do that kind of thing for his career? Or, I mean, and if that's the case, then why weren't people fighting for that role? What's interesting is, and I'm going to get to the Joker mm-hmm. uh, casting too, is some people didn't realize it was such a big deal. Mm, okay. So let's go down to Joker now. Okay. Can you guess anyone at the time who may have been up for the Joker? Uh, again, no. Okay, Please help. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna burn you with a multiple choice. Okay. So we had Brad Dorif. Does that name ring a bell? Oh, Brad Dorif. Uh, yes, vaguely. What is he in? He uh, was. He was in Blade, wasn't he? He was the voice of Chucky. He was the voice of Chucky. Okay, I'm way off. No, Stephen Dorf, who was in Blade. Yes. Sorry. Okay, Brad Dorf. Yeah, no idea. So Burden originally wanted this actor. But really? WB did it all that. Like, nah. Yeah, the voice of child, oh, yeah. John Lithgow. I could see him as the Riddler. Mm, yeah, that's cool. John Lithgow, I didn't know how big a deal this mm, was. Mm-hmm. So he actually tried to talk Burton out of being in it. Oh, wow. And he later regretted that. Interesting. He had James Woods. Oh, uh, okay. David Bowie. That, could, that would have changed the film very, very much. Tim Curry. It, that would have been awesome. Yes. That would have been awesome. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Why didn't that happen? They all wow. Note. <laughs> Robin Williams really wanted the part. I'm glad he didn't get it. Honestly, yeah. he, he, you know, the, the thing about Robin Williams is a Robin Williams film is a Robin Williams film. He really eats up the rest of the story. But didn't Nicholson eat up this movie? This is really his movie. Well, and, it and is. We'll get to it that is. But later. yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. As you said, all the choices are like Will Smith not starring in The Matrix. It would have definitely changed completely moving all these choices yeah i'm a little heartbroken tim curry didn't take it now gosh yeah yeah. how amazing would that have been incredible he would have been a much better foil for michael keaton too thinking about it hmm i'm i've got this whole like head cannon developing now wow okay anyway so let's go on we're almost going to get to movie now i want to talk about budget box office Mm -hmm. and all that jazz can you guess the budget for this movie you keep starting these pieces of conversation with, can you guess? You know I can't. Just tell me. Help. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's also kind of a thought thing for the audience. Backwards. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Audience, I'm a terrible proxy for you right now. My fault. It's fine. <sighs> the budget was between 35 and $48 million. There were reports about it kind of ballooning up to $48 million. Mm-hmm. So adjusted for inflation, that would be about 78 to $100 million today. Mm-hmm. The box office, no guesses. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The box office domestically was about $250 million. Adjusted for inflation, that's about $543 million. Wow. Worldwide, it grossed about $410 million. Adjusted for inflation, that's almost a billion dollars worldwide. That's incredible. At also, the time of, oh, go dear ahead. God, inflation, wow. Anyway, right. yeah. <laughs> At the time of its release, it was the fifth highest grossing film of all time wow yeah okay so enough of all that jazz mm-hmm. let's get started with the movie yes um so we're gonna go down the plot and characters cool like you just went down this rabbit hole of, of factoids and interesting like trivia about the making of this film mm-hmm. for me watching this film i fell down a completely different rabbit hole i'm going to tell the story briefly this movie came out in 1989 Mm -hmm. i was eight years old and my family had just moved back to the u.s that year and this was maybe not the first but one of the first films i saw in an american movie theater after we came back i remember we went i think we saw it in the drive-through theater that we still had those then the local drive-through theater and it was fascinating now um and i just remember being fascinated by the movie like i really loved this movie i had like this really weird like pre pubescent crush on michael keaton for a really long time um i really loved this movie i got super super into it and you know i don't think that i had read a comic before not a comic that wasn't like a kitty like a like an archie comic or like something with a bubblegum tape to the back of it right so i think and again my memory is getting is rusty but i think this is what got me into superheroes to be honest wow i already kind of liked prince i really like music anyway even though i was really young so it got me into prince more it got me into superheroes and I was just really into the whole story of Batman. I think that's what began my fascination with Batman, for sure. This was my introduction to the character. Okay. I think, I want to say I watched this movie on VHS, not in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely the animated series that made me love Batman. Mm-hmm. I want to get started with the movie. Just at the very beginning. Okay. 
you noticed the movie credits. Mm-hmm. Who was there first? I don't remember. Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah, of course. So the movie credits show Jack Nicholson before Michael Keaton. Right. But I think he was maybe the biggest star at the time. I want to get to his agreement to be in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there's, there's tea on this. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. What's the tea? Jack Nicholson only agreed to do the movie if he was granted top billing. He was first in the credits. Mm-hmm. He also had what is known as an off-the-clock agreement in regards to his shooting schedule. Mm-hmm. He had a set number of hours that he would work during the day, mm-hmm. and he was allowed to be off during the Los Angeles Lakers home games. What? Yeah. And- was he that big of a star that he could make that kind of demand? That's Apparently. incredible. Wow. Huh. He also had it so that all of his scenes had to be shot within three weeks. That's but, in- that, wow. But the shooting schedule ballooned a little bit, but not mm-hmm. that much. He also received a high salary at the time, $6 mm-hmm. million, dollars, which mm-hmm. is nearly $13 million in adjusted dollars today. Inflation and, is kicking our ass, man. Yeah. The more you do that, the more I'm like, wait a minute. And he also got a big chunk of the box office. Estimates are from, Did he? from about 60 to $90 million he took away. His agent is a genius to be able to negotiate for all of that. He played, wow. a, he played a joke, but he ain't one. Exactly. The thing is... What's Has he been in a Tim Burton movie before or since? I don't I, think so. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. So he just like got in there, got the bag and got out. Right. Wow. Interesting. I didn't know there was all that going on. Okay. Yeah, that's the credits. Just off that has a story alone, mm-hmm. right? I want to start off in the movie with how Burton really sets the mood of what Gotham City is. Mm. The first scene is a mother, father and their son kind of trying to find a taxi mm-hmm. and as they're looking for a taxi this prostitute propositions mm-hmm. their son who's he has to be about 12 mm-hmm. she propositions him mm-hmm. she propositions this kid in front of his parents mm-hmm. you see a few more prostitutes and then they get robbed minutes later mm-hmm. it's a it, you're right that's a great establishment of how dangerous and terrible gotham is you know even as a kid i remember watching batman movies and cartoons and things and thinking why does anybody live in this city man so again, that sets the mood. And right after those people get, get robbed, mm-hmm. enter Batman. Yes. Great entrance. Is it? Uh, come on. Yo, you know me. Let me have my childhood. You man. know me. Here we go. So the family's robbed. They're talking it over mm-hmm. on the rooftop. <laughs> and if you look just carefully before Batman drops out, you can see a little bit of his cape. Mm-hmm. for his foot just kind of just sticking there just waiting for the <laughs> wires to just lower him down right and when he and he, he drops down and for someone who's supposed to be a stealthy ninja he has his wings just out oh yeah he does that all no the time. reason oh totally yeah no reason then he cuts closer to the guys as soon as they see him he opens up his cape like he's like uh like a trench coat pervert <laughs> and they run away like oh fuck what the fuck is that oh and then what does he do he doesn't like disappear or mm-hmm. get stealthy what happens he, he just gets shot yeah he gets shot and just falls on the ground right mm-hmm. luckily he had on body armor because i was legit because i haven't watched this movie since i was a kid right okay and so i'm so used to just badass batman mm-hmm. to just see him just get shot right on on his first outing mm-hmm. i'm like is this like what happened <laughs> it's a good call forward though to something else that happens later on in the movie like, I think they have to establish that he's, he wears body armor and that's like his way of getting shot, but not really getting shot. What I find interesting, and I'm going to get to this a little later, in the animated series, mm-hmm. just from the intro, mm-hmm. they pulled that same shit on Batman, right? Yeah. Batman just pulls up like, you mm-hmm. know, Lord's eyes, they pull the guns out and mm-hmm. he's quick mm-hmm. with that battering like, this ain't Tim Burton's mm-hmm. Batman. Right. And yeah. just arms him quick. And True. they True. start trying to swing on him. Yep. And he ain't having that, knocking mm-hmm. him out, mm-hmm. and he's gone before the cops show up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To me, that's definitive badass Batman. This right. Batman was just... We talked about Men in Black mm-hmm. uh, earlier earlier last, mm-hmm. uh, last, last week, week yeah. about how inept they were. Mm-hmm. To me, in this, almost all the Batman scenes to me showed just how mm. goofy this man is. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you in some situations, I think. I think he was a much goofier Bruce Wayne than a 
than Batman. But that said, for the time, I mean, if you watch the old Superman movies, Superman is lame, right? Same thing with he's campy, but that's kind of the point. Yeah, but he's you know he's it is, but you know, there wasn't really a standard set for like a badass superhero on film yet, and this was kind of it kind of set the the set the tone to take it in that direction. Here's stuff about this movie: Superman is a superior film because what it set up, it leaned into true the camp, the camp, the bright nature of the mm. film. Whereas this movie, it was a little schizophrenic in its tone. Mm. I mean, it was undoubtedly dark, mm-hmm. but the way that Batman handled himself sometimes, mm-hmm. it was so goofy. Mm, it took true. me out of the movie at times. True, and, we'll, and we'll get to a few more points on that too. True. I don't think people would have seen it that way at the time. That's fair. I mean, yeah. obviously mm-hmm. it almost made a billion dollars. Yeah, so. exactly. And I think, I, again, I don't think, we didn't have badass Batman as a reference yet. So this right. was as badass as he got. And compared to Superman, he was really badass. So <laughs> In the movies, yes. Mm-hmm. But because of the popularity of those two admission comic books we talked about mm-hmm. it's kind of a step back to me oh yeah true but most people didn't read batman comics the most people who saw this didn't read batman That's comics fair. so Very i true. think Very it fair. kind of made it and i think people were just used to that campy 70s style batman so if you put it in that context it, brendan is doing that like 70s style peace sign around the eyes dance right now anyway you put it in that context this comes across a super badass I mean, if, you, if you hadn't read a comic book before if you'd only seen the campy purple suit eartha kit Catwoman. Batman then this is super exactly this is extremely badass but if you put it if you look at it from the perspective of hindsight yeah it seems real goofy I want to talk about Harvey Dent played by Lando Calrissian himself yes Billy D Williams yes Uh, he had more speaking parts than I remember when I was a kid totally yeah I remember I only remember him being like in one scene in the background but he actually did talk quite a lot I loved his introduction Mm -hmm. but it was kind of funny how the commissioner was like, Gotham City is riddled with crime and I promise to root it out. But the guy who's actually going to do that work Mm -hmm. is this black man. Mm -hmm. Take it away, black man. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Exactly. He's like Harvey Dent and Harvey Dent comes out and says, with the power of Colt 45. People of Gotham City, I'm a man of few words. But those words will count and so will my actions. Police Commissioner Gordon has informed me that he has targeted those businesses Suspected of fronting for the syndicate in this city. Before the week is out, we are going to knock down their doors and shed the light of the law on that nest of vipers. Oh, that dude is so smooth. Yeah, yeah, he totally brought some class to Gotham I City. Although, notice the, the crime rate was still high. But, you when know. you got prostitutes propositioning mm-hmm. preteens, I mean, what isn't on the table? Right, exactly. So, I also want to talk about Alfred. Mm. Alfred is played by Michael Goh, and he mm-hmm. was in all four of the first Batman films. Right. He and Pat Hingle's Commissioner Gordon right. were the only characters who returned for all three sequels. Mm-hmm. He adds the only sense of heart to this movie. Very true. Um, I loved his introduction. He bumped into Vicki Vale mm-hmm. and he, he turned around mm-hmm. and looking at her like he was he was mad thirsty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Alfred does definitely bring a sense of heart and a sense of lightness and humor. Yeah. Because, you know, there is a sense in some of the performances where they're taking themselves a little too seriously. And then Alfred kind of shows up and pulls it back a bit. Like, yeah. you are just a dude in a suit, sir. So, yeah. It's unfortunate that he really had very little time. He only had kind of two mm-hmm. two scenes. Mm-hmm. I want to get to when Joker and Batman meet. Mm. So, there was a weird scene where Batman kicks Jack Napier's gun out of his hand Mm -hmm. and then he disappears when napier picks it back up Mm -hmm. so normally like in the animated series that'd be cool to see that's like one of batman's specialties Mm. however in this scene joker's henchmen and gordon are at Mm. the bottom looking up they can plainly see from a broader perspective where he went (laughs) so to me notice that so so to me it's like wouldn't the henchmen say hey man he just He's Literally, there, like yeah. I stepped over there. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird to me to see that. Right, I've never seen Batman vanish in that way before. Mm-hmm. When other people are, can like plainly see, oh, he just tiptoed over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. You know, again, though, this this was before we had big superhero blockbusters with really good, uh, you know, action choreography and everything. Okay. So at the time, this was really cool. But I t- I see what you're saying. This is a retrospective. Yes, of course. Then I want to get to where. Batman 
deflects the bullet and fucks Napier's face up. And this scene in this movie, he deflects the bullet and it goes right through Joker's face, yeah. Jack Napier's face. Yeah. And I was surprised by how gory that was. Oh, yeah. Like it yeah. showed like flesh. Yeah. Mm hmm. Tim Burton did kind of lean into some of the, the body horror of this. Given how murderous Batman is in this universe, and we'll get to that a little later, mm -hmm. I don't know if he intentionally tried to actually drop Napier in the acid or not. Mm -hmm. um, if you watch the scene and you see that crazy look in Batman's eyes. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he pretended to try to help. Oh, I got you. And then like kind of to give Napier some kind of like sadistic hope. That messed me up as a kid. Him. Yeah, that messed me up as a kid because I thought he did it on purpose. So the whole time I'm like, I kind of have sympathy. You made the dude who he is. So, well, the thing is, yeah. he, he showed no remorse. Mm -hmm. And then he just goes on a dinner date in yeah, the next like, scene. walks away. Yeah. That's, again, it's, we're going to get more into this, but this movie gives credence to the idea of a rich white man putting on a bat suit to fight crime in the city. Mm -hmm. It's just a, he's, he's, just a, he's a crazy person. Totally. Yeah, of course. I mean, they, well, all superheroes are, if you look at them, if you take them down to the bones. I mean, if you deconstruct superheroes, you really have some messes on your hands. Batman's probably the biggest. I mean, everybody else has superpowers. He's just rich and full of revenge. This is kind of similar to Brightburn in the sense of, in a, in a kind of alternate reality, if you kind of pushed a few things to the mm -hmm. left, mm -hmm. things will go terribly wrong. Exactly. I mean, to be fair, Batman is probably the, Push slightly to the left version of you know reality because who's ruining the world right now <laughs> if they were superheroes instead we'd have batman but instead we have oh god i don't know bozos yeah we have amazon right <laughs> which i mean uh, well anyway moving on but yeah just dropping him in the acid this movie is really a joker origin movie more than batman he definitely has more to do i think yeah i don't know i I see why you'd say that, and I think it is, but I think that they, I think Tim Burton made a wise choice in choosing to tell the, sto the story of Batman's origin through the lens of the Joker's origin. Like, they kind of make each other who they are, because you get the sense that Batman is Batman b before the Joker turns up, of course, but he's just, you know, like, hanging out, getting shot by two-bit thugs. He's never really had to deal with something big before, and you get the sense, in this movie anyway, this is his first supervillain. Right. And... That I like that that's kind of the way the dynamic plays out. Okay. Let's get to the dinner date. I thought this was super awkward. With the long table? Yeah, you yes. know, it's like coming to America, that long mm -hmm. table, that bit where they're talking and like, what'd you say? I can't hear you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Bruce ends it with a kind of a joke, like, I don't think I've ever been in this room. Yeah. So I'm like, you literally set all this, was this a, this some crazy setup for a joke? I guess. Well, no, I mean, I think it was just meant to, it just meant to show how much he's not in touch with reality. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, and to be fair, eight-year-old me wanted nothing more than to find a man with a room full of a table too long to actually talk to each other over dinner. <laughs> we got to talk about Alfred, because I think mm -hmm. this is the most important part for him, where he, yeah. we got to talk about Alfred in the mm -hmm. scene, where he regales them with the tale of Master Bruce falling off his pony when he tried to teach him to go cool. horseback riding. It was so sweet. Yeah, and that, that whole scene just adds a lot of heart and a lot. It really shows, it sets up a dynamic between those characters really yeah. well. And it shows, again, how much Bruce is not in touch with the reality of his own life. And then Bruce gets the girl. And what happens at three in the morning after sex? Uh, she wakes up that... and sees Bruce Wayne hanging from his pull-up bar, flapping his, his wings at. yes. Flapping his elbows out like he's a bat. Yes. And there's like that that crazy like squeaky sound effect at the same time. So it so, sounds like he's a bat. Yeah, that wakes that wakes her up. Mm -hmm. How do you react to that? Okay, that, that scene makes me laugh every time. I laugh my face off. Oh my gosh. Because you're right. Exactly. I always think, how would you react to that? Right? Let's cut to now. What if you're, you had a Tinder date? Mm -hmm. You wake up at 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. He or her, them, upside down, swinging flapping their wings out like a bat while squeaking thinking that you're not awake to see it mm -hmm. like that'd be a wrap for me yeah, like basically, dude i'm out yeah that's when you get dressed and you go home no that's when i would kind of keep quiet and mm -hmm. go back to sleep and not alert him <laughs> and then just oh hey thank you for the mm -hmm. breakfast oh no i'm good i really yeah. i really got it see that's a know. very masculine response because yeah for women that's like danger will robinson i'm out to be fair, in this day and age, you're checking for the pull-up bars before you even get down to anything. So, 
But every time I see that scene, why did they include that? It's such a weird scene. Like that's the only, even though there's a lot of weirdness in this movie, that's the only scene that has always struck me as being weird. I just wish they would have done something with it. I mean, Vicky Vale eventually figures out that he's Batman, but like, was that a clue? Did she ever talk about it? I just like. Yeah, but honestly, I all right, here's the thing. Say you go on your Tinder date and you wake up in the middle of the night and next door he's hanging from his feet from a bar and squeaking like a bat. Um, Don't forget flapping his wings. And flapping his wings, yeah. Jesus can't forget. Christ. Critical. He's also flapping his Jesus wings. Christ. Okay, say that you decide not to peace out, right, and call an Uber ASAP. Say that you decide to stay. Why would you see him again ever in life? Because he's rich. You know, that's a good point. And the thing is, that's a real good point. <laughs> to be honest, and you know, Bruce Wayne's known to be like just a handsome, like perfectly built man. But honestly, there was never a time where I didn't think Michael Keane looked kind of schlubby throughout this whole movie. Yeah, he totally does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very charming. He's very charismatic. He really sells the character in kind of a kind of a uh, sort of frantic sort of way. But yeah, he's not. I mean, later Bruce Wayne's were much more Bruce Wayne-y. I didn't yeah. think he was. I thought it was a much better Batman than Bruce Wayne. But I think he did a better job as Bruce Wayne than uh, you would think if you knew him from like Beetlejuice and whatnot. I think even bad when he was he was crazy I, uh mm-hmm. the scene where uh back to the the chemical plant before he dropped in joker mm-hmm. and uh joker like he picks up joker and then he lets him go or mm-hmm. else you know the henchman will kill gordon mm-hmm. joker goes nice suit and mm-hmm. when the camera cuts to batman's face mm-hmm. he has the most deranged like oh, yeah totally i'm going to murder you look totally. in his eyes but i kind of like that like that kind of dark like crazy crazy batman because again, like we said, if you look at this just a little bit from a slightly different viewpoint, Batman's a maniac. We got to talk about the brutality of the Joker. Yes. So the first scene where he's with the mob dudes mm-hmm. trying to negotiate, uh, just taking over. Nobody wants mm-hmm. a war. He's all cool, calm, like, hey, man, like, if you don't want to do this, let's just shake hands and dump it. And then he pretty much roasts the man alive in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Terrifying horrible it started off goofy where he was all like got to get a live one there <laughs> yeah 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 but i think that was just jack nicholson doing his thing he's like it's gonna be a hard one in the old town tonight and, but and it was all jokes and gags and then they had that silly cgi red on, on that mm. guy's face in the old town tonight <laughs> but then as soon as they go to mm-hmm. cut to his charred corpse. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, this is yeah, yeah he's this is a dead, PG-13 dead. movie. It was yes, because I oh had gosh, to because it gets because it gets gorier after I had that. To, wow. I had to look it up because yeah, I can't imagine you bringing little kids this movie. I but the thing is, I saw it when I was eight. So what on earth? Wait a minute. It's funny. Wow. It's yeah, interesting, huh? You remember the scene where they're at the they escape from the museum. Mm-hmm. That whole museum scene is wild, though, with that Prince song in the back. Party man, that's Mm. wild. I still have that. Well, I still I had that CD for a long time. I don't have it anymore. I want to talk about the escape. Vicky Vale and Batman are getting shot at, Mm -hmm. and he pulls out his grappling hook and goes, Mm -hmm. "How much do you weigh?" Hundred (laughs) eight. So they go up and they get stuck, Mm -hmm. and then he drops down Mm -hmm. to save her life, and just falls into trash. Mm And what happens as soon as he drops down? He gets shot again. Yes, he is. He gets shot three or four <laughs> times. He gets shot a lot in this movie. I had forgotten that. And what's yeah? And what's funny is like both scenes, the opening scene and this scene in particular. Everyone like they had a chance to just shoot him in the mm-hmm. face and end the yeah, movie. Of course. But just for plot's sake, they in, in this they scene always in shoot him in the chest. Yeah. They just try to take off his mask mm-hmm. and they get distracted. But right. I'm like, you could have ended his life right there. You could yeah, have exactly. shot him and then amassed him. Now I will say, the first time he gets shot didn't bother me, but the second time he gets shot is really derpy because he is just kind of like, huh, what? And then he gets shot. Like, what happened? So again, inept. And then once he defeats those guys, he goes to see Vicky Vale and he tells her, 108, huh? <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're inept, yeah, kind of a jerk. You're inept and a dick. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, but you know, if you watch movies from that time period, that kind of casual misogyny was the punchline all the time. So I think, again, people would have seen it as normal. In retrospect, that's really dickish. But I think that, but when you go back and watch movies from around that era, like, 
there's a lot of that that kind of thing is just so casual like it's interesting how quickly that changed yeah let's talk about i mean on that on that notion mm-hmm. uh, her partner Knox. yeah when oh, he he's first creep when he first mm-hmm. met her mm-hmm. he saw the legs and says hello legs i'm reading your stuff well i'm reading yours hi i'm vicky vale Vicky Vale, yeah, yeah, photographer, Vogue, Cosmo, yeah, yeah, listen, listen, if you want me to pose nude, you're gonna need a long lens. And she's just, she just takes it so casually. Like she yeah. never gets angry. She's just like, yes, I'm 108. Yay. You know, she's just a little bit like, she's just, it's weird to watch that in retrospect. That was, that didn't sit quite right with me on the rewatching. Yeah. But again, it was just so normal at the time, especially in this kind of movie, movies that had kind of a nerd or geek following. You would see so much of that. Like if you go back, I really love all those old fantasy movies and whatnot. It's so normal. Go back and watch Highlander sometime. It's really a, a mess. <laughs> yeah. We got to know Superman never did that stuff. This is true. That's true. That's Lois, very true. Lois came on to him and then he would answer, you know, she's like, you know, what color are my panties? Whoa. And he'd be like pink. But she, but she, uh-huh. she initiated those things. Uh, you know, I never got super into Superman. I, don't, I barely remember that movie. I haven't watched it in a while. It's a good movie. So I have to go back and look. It's a but great movie. Still yeah, great. I was never super into him. No, wait. The only one I really liked was the one with uh, Richard Pryor as the villain. But what? anyway, sorry, he wasn't really a villain. Sorry. He was yeah, like he was, he was being yeah. used. Yeah, he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like okay. I know that's one of the worst. But oh, like again, I haven't seen these get comments for that. I haven't seen these since I was a teen. I haven't rewatched them. My taste has changed. Okay, so he kind of falls in love with Vicky Vale for some reason randomly, and then yeah. he's he, he's really quick to want to tell her who he is. Yeah, which what for? Yeah, I, that uh, why does he need to tell her? I guess that's nice, but. He just met her, and she doesn't even seem to like him that much, to yeah. be honest. I mean, when you see a guy hanging from pull-up bar exactly. at 3 a.m., you know. Exactly. Then he goes to her house to tell her about it, and then when he the Joker shows up. He gets shot again. Yes, okay. This is what made me upset, is mm-hmm. that he had the drop on them, because mm-hmm. he hid as soon as they came in. He could have been Bruce Wayne taking taking them all out, mm-hmm. like ninja he is. But he just shows up, and I love this scene, because Michael Keaton goes on some weird monologue. Mm-hmm. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. But before that, he's just kind of telling this story. And yeah. there are two parts where the Joker is kind of looking at him like, I don't know what this is going. But, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the Joker's like, looking at him like, this dude is crazier than I yeah, am. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> that was hilarious to me. Yes. And then as soon as he goes, you want to get nuts? Let's yeah. get nuts. And I'm like, is this Bruce Wayne? <laughs> right. This, I'm sorry. Okay. Go, y'all. Yeah, that's the other derpy Bruce Wayne moment. Y'all. The, the, the bat hanging and then this monologue y'all. is real weird. Y'all, rewatch this movie. This is not how you remember it when you were a kid. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was weird. I still I still love the movie, but that was strange. Let's cut to when Batman gets serious and he's he learns that the Joker killed his parents. Yeah. How do you feel about that, actually? Um, Been putting that in there. I don't know. I mean... Again, I like that they kind of try to tell the sort of a Batman matur- maturation story or what? how do you say that maturation? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they try to tell a story of Batman becoming the Batman we all know through the introduction and the origin story of a supervillain in a way. Okay, maybe not. I see the look you're giving me. Maybe not the Batman you love, but the Batman we know. Okay. This is the, if we didn't have this movie, we wouldn't have the animated series. Okay. The animated series would have been a guy in a purple cape doing the shark swim dance and like pow bang zip zoom. I mean, he did kind of do it, but go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. Anyway, so I I liked it. I've always really liked the something about the actor who plays young Joker is really compelling to me. Mm. It always has been. Yeah, I was, don't know yeah. who he is or like if he's been in anything else. But every time I see him in a scene where he said, you want to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight, that is a really compelling moment that's really well put together. Yeah. Interesting, like that has a tie to uh, Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The jewels. Yeah, exactly. So Batman goes to the chemical plant mm-hmm. and I forgot this scene completely. Mm-hmm. I only thought about his murderous rampage at the parade, but here he he bursts through <laughs> right. he mur- he bursts through the factory doors, mm-hmm. just shoots through. He doesn't know if anyone's in there. He just mini guns the door down. Mm-hmm. Then all of his henchmen start shooting at the car. And what does Batman do? Shields, mm-hmm. drops bombs. The right Batmobile in this was really cool. It I do have badass. to say, yes, it was okay. He drops the bombs and literally blows up everyone in the factory. You don't know if there's actually innocent people. Kind right. of working there, mm-hmm. being forced to work, but right. he just blows the whole damn thing up yeah. and drives away like he's super cool. And I'm like, dude, you literally, this movie. I can't think of many movies where the hero has a higher body, body count, count than, than the, villain. the villain. Yep. Because mm-hmm. holy shit, 
Yeah. Then, yeah. so he intentionally blew it up with the intent to blow up the Joker too. But then he finds out, shit, I missed him. And he's in the, in the helicopter like, woohoo, mm-hmm. missed me. Yeah, yeah. Cut to the, the parade. First, I don't understand why people are, and of course, the Joker says, I'm going to give you all $20 million. Mm-hmm. But the parade, the float is literally the Joker and a bunch of dudes with automatic weapons all around him. Yeah, but this is Gotham. I mean, we've already established Gotham as a cesspool. Yeah, but there's nothing in that movie that let me know that the cops wouldn't show up mm-hmm. in the windows with sniper rifles to take him out or True. something. Like, there were no cops at all in this yeah, parade. Yeah, you're right. You that know was what's interesting, weird though? To me. I, as you're describing all of this, a lot of this stuff has calls for, has callbacks in later Batman movies where they kind of look at these sort of things and fix them later. What I find funny is in the parade, near the end of the parade, Joker gets on the mic and starts saying, well, it's about time to end your pointless lives. And while he's monologuing, everyone's still like dancing to man's music. And I'm like, guys, in the background, like you just heard what he said. Mm-hmm. You know what he did previously, like get mm-hmm. the fuck out. But they're just chilling there. That's so, no cops. Mm-hmm. No one reacts to his monologue. Mm-hmm. Aren't they all starting to get kind of high from the gas and whatnot? Though? No, no, no. This is before, this is before he, have, he released the gas. Yeah. But didn't, wasn't there also that kind of subplot or, or subplot, not really a subplot, part of the plot where he was kind of poisoning everybody subtly already anyway? Yeah, but it was only if it mixed with other things. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Batman takes out the balloons and then he goes for that. For me, this is one of the most memorable parts from when I was a kid when he dropped flies up to the moon to mm-hmm. make that symbol. Yeah. It was cool, but I'm mm-hmm. like also pointless because like for me, we see that. Mm-hmm. But what was the point of going up there? Mm-hmm. And could you see that? Like, did you think it was cool, Batman, to do that? Because you can't really see how that looks for yourself. But I don't know. Batman, he was probably monologuing to himself the whole way up. And once, once like, upon a time, I fell off a pony and you want to get nuts. Guys, mm, check this yeah. out. This is awesome. Yeah, and exactly. then he goes back down, mm-hmm. takes out his mini guns out of his Batwing and mows <laughs> down joker's men like they were wheat in the field yeah he he is definitely a murderer in this and it's interesting because there's all of this there was all of that who killed john over uh, ben affleck's batman right. using guns right but first batman movie out the gate we've got all these guns well, not even using gun but just killing people yeah period. murdering everybody and this using, movie, yeah. he killed mm-hmm. far more people in this movie mm-hmm. so then he takes another pass around to shoot at joker and it's what i find particularly interesting mm-hmm. um the joker challenges bats this kind of like chicken match with the bat wing mm-hmm. but i'm sitting there thinking he just blew up a factory full of your homies, B. Mm-hmm. He was trying to kill you in it. Mm-hmm. Like, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Like, this is very different from the Dark Knight movie with Heath Ledger because the Joker deduced that Batman adhered to a kind of a no-kill rule. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to push him over it. Right. When Batman thought about running him over with the Bat Cycle in that movie, mm-hmm. I think the Joker knew that he wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But even if he did, he would win, mm-hmm. technically, right? Right. Joker had none of that context. And after seeing all that he had done... It was a strange plot point for me to see him mm. kind of wish death upon himself because he had such high ambitions for himself to, to like rule Gotham. Right. But he was also completely axe crazy. So that's true. And I mean, that whole scene where he's pulling out weirder and weirder guns. I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Batman yeah. couldn't shoot him with his high tech mini guns. Mm-hmm. But Joker pulled out some gun out of his pants and mm-hmm. took down the Batwing in one shot. Right. Yeah. That was super weird to me, too. Fun to watch, but weird. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about that crazy ass church they went to. Yes. That was like a haunted castle. It really was. And there was, it was like How a, this big abandoned was that Gotham thing? church. Holy yeah. fuck. All the buildings were so tall in this movie, but that church was mm-hmm. ridiculous. Really huge. Yeah. Do you know though, again, call forward to another Batman movie later, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Which movie? Uh, so I see a lot of call forwards to, um, what is it? The, the Dark Knight in this, because I think I didn't realize until rewatching this, but Heath Ledger's Joker owes a lot to Jack Nicholson's Joker in terms of the brutality, in terms of that scene where he's sitting around with the henchman and then just takes one out casually to prove how bad he is. Um, and also in terms of just sort of the sorts of spaces that they have their confrontations in. There's these real, cause there's that huge building with a million floors that Batman is trying to find him in at the end of the dark night. And then in this, you've got this giant church. What struck me weird about the church scenes in this one is how campy the movie all of a sudden gets because all of a sudden it turns into a Tim Burton movie and, and how. So I want to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene where Batman's about to approach Joker and Vicky Vale mm-hmm. and a man jumps at him from behind. Mm-hmm. So of course it's weird that Batman just doesn't really notice that. He could have got taken out right there mm-hmm. but the man jumps and falls through the floor. Yeah. Like you had one job. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> right. It suddenly takes on this really wacky but like really darkly wacky kind of aspect. Then you had the black man that gave him the most work in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. What's crazy was that despite him having 
body armor that could stop bullets mm-hmm. and actually broke Joker's hand when he tried to punch him later on. Mm-hmm. This black man was giving him work, mm-hmm. like hard work. There was a scene where uh, Batman vanished and the black man was looking for him. Mm-hmm. And instead of actually taking that, using that to his advantage, mm-hmm. he's on the top of a bell and jumps to like dive onto the black guy. The black guy can clearly see him. Right. Mm-hmm. And he does to Batman what Batman does to other bad guys. Yeah. In his in in other movies or, or in in the comics in the show, mm-hmm. and he just grabs Batman and just throws uses his weight right. and force and throws him into a staircase. Yeah, which which was inadvertently hilarious. But yes, yeah. yeah. so I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, you are horrible at this. <laughs> horrible at this. Again, in retrospect, yeah. At the time, it was really cool, but bro, yeah, in retrospect, he, ass yeah, kicked. he was. I mean, yeah. The scene with that black man was long, y'all. Just. I don't know, find on YouTube or just watch the movie again. Mm-hmm. That black man gave him the business. He really did. <laughs> uh. And again, the, the thing that gets me, though, is because it's Michael Keaton in the suit, he's reacting to all of this. And his reactions, he is an absolute maniac. Like, he, he reacts in the craziest ways, you know? Like, he'll stop and, like, suddenly look in a really, like, offended kind of way. And that's, it's not supposed to be funny. But all of a sudden, the movie gets really funny at that point. And what does he do to that black guy? Mm-hmm. He kills him. Yeah, of course. He, he kills everybody. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And then when, and then at that point, as soon as he clears all the bad guys out, he tells Joker, "I'm going to kill you." Yeah, yeah. He says it. Yes, this I'm is going a, to it's kill you. This really strange juxtaposition between like this goofball Batman and this absolute maniac serial killer murderer. Like it's interesting. And Joker's like, "I killed your parents." Hey, man, dude. Like I was like a kid. Like I'm. <laughs> yes. Like I'm, and this was crazy, and it goes back to what I was really concerned Mm -hmm. about, like whether he accidentally dropped Jack Napier or not. He goes, "I made you, but you made me." Right. And I'm like, "Did you really try to kill this guy?" Because Mm -hmm. everything in this movie after that let me to believe that you really did. Well. I always took that as him just saying he realized that this is what's happened. Yes, of course. Not that he did it intentionally. No, I I agree. Mm -hmm. But just how crazy this guy is. No, he's nuts. He's absolutely insane. Then, of course, you know, the, the climactic finish, Batman ties his leg to a gargoyle. Yep. And sends him to his death. Yeah, he sends him plummeting to the ground below. And that creepy, creepy laugh. Okay, that scared me as a kid. Yeah. Uh, 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 that yeah. horrible laugh was horrible. <laughs> it was interesting that, you know, it being PG-13, you can't go too hard. That, mm-hmm. you know, there was no blood or anything on the street when he died yeah. he, he should have been liquid right as yeah. tall as that building oh, was. of course yeah but i think that's how they got away with so much murder is that it's largely bloodless carnage yeah it was interesting too how he asked about vicky vale's weight being 108 mm-hmm. and it couldn't really support them both in that scene mm-hmm. but at the end of this when they're dropping he shoots out a grappling hook and they're obviously going at far more force because mm-hmm. their weight plus them dropping right and it catches them anyway right uh, you hey, know you let he's, it go he's, he's a billionaire he you probably go. got a new one you I let don't it go know. Yeah. but you know this kind of you know mm-hmm. i'm a big stickler for you set up rules in a movie mm-hmm. you need to adhere to them totally shazam anyway yeah. um uh, hey hey so we're getting long here mm-hmm. so i just kind of want to wrap up on okay this. um this movie is like reggae for me mm-hmm. i don't yeah. love reggae however i love what reggae inspired you know, you got to work on these 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 analogies. You already called Keanu Reeves the Tupac of Hollywood, and hey. now Batman is the reggae of the DC universe. Help me out here. Batman's not a great movie, but like reggae, it I like what it inspired. Okay. The style of this movie and the music of this movie influenced Batman the Animated Series mm-hmm. and all of DC's subsequent uh, darker superhero animations. Mm-hmm. It influenced the superior Nolan films. Mm-hmm. Uh, it influenced all the great darker superhero films like The Crow, mm, Blade, True, more. Yeah. Um, on the music tip, you know, Shirley Walker, who was the composer for the animated series, ah, mm-hmm. I think her score is better than Danny Elfman's. Mm, the animated series still gives me goosebumps whenever I hear it. Right. There's some there's some shows where you kind of skip the intro. Right. I watch the intro on every oh, yeah, single definitely. one of the Batman episodes. Even the Mask of the Phantasm movie, mm-hmm. the opening cinematic score for that film Mm-hmm. is so haunting and to me it's the best song from a batman movie right more better than han zimmer's work all of it
Yeah, I agree. I think the animated series definitely has the best score. Da, 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 da. But then I think there are bits that were... Anyway, go ahead. No, of course. I mean, Shirley Walker, like she she lifted parts of exactly. Elfman's score, yeah. but mm-hmm. I think she improved upon it. It was like, oh, much, yeah, it was like she, mm-hmm. she took the baton from Danny Elfman and did like a beep, beep, like the Roadrunner and just, just, <laughs> yeah, just, just and took just, off. Just yeah. Dipped. yeah, true. I agree with that. But you know, you have to start somewhere. And I, I told you before we even started doing this show, I don't feel, because the nostalgia is so deep for me with this film, I feel like I can't really assess it and like review it fairly because I'm, I'm watching it through the lens of me being eight years old and suddenly discovering that superheroes and comic books and Batman were really a thing. Sure. So, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to assess it fairly. I think I, I don't think it's not good. I just think that if you're going to watch it, you've got to watch it knowing the context. If you just watch, if it's just on, if it's just on and you've already seen all the other new Batman movies, you're going to hate it because, you know, The Dark Knight, comparing Heath Ledger's Joker to Jack Nicholson's Joker is like comparing Filet Mignon to Big Macs, right? Like... You're going to get some heat. There's some folks I'm who get really some heat. I know there's some by... folks who really love the Jack Nicholson Joker. He did, Joker. He, he did mm-hmm. a... He did a I think a great job. I think, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think just given a, the, yeah. as a character, he was the mm-hmm. best part of this movie. Really? I Well, okay, probably. Because, yeah, Batman was weird and Vicky Vale didn't have a lot of personality. Yeah. But I, Alfred, Alfred's a, a contender, but he didn't have a lot to do. He didn't have a lot to do, yeah. Um, but the point, the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, Jack Nicholson was great in the context of a movie that, from what you're saying, it seems like it was kind of built to carry him after a certain point. Um, but just the, the genres evolved so much. That it's that now it's like the difference between eating an omelet and just eating a raw egg, you know? Yeah. I think that maybe that's a better analogy. Uh, it, it had to start somewhere and it's a really good start. Gave birth to a whole it generation did. Did. of superhero movie fans. It did. Because I don't know that I would have been interested in Blade and The Crow and all those other movies that came after it if this one hadn't come out, if I hadn't seen that. We'll never know. But This you know, is true. It, mm-hmm. it was a start. I'll yeah. give it that. That's really all mm-hmm. I can give it right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, yeah. I wanted to ask you, what is your mm-hmm. favorite theatrical Batman film? Ooh. So favorite theatrical Batman film removes the animated films and all of that so like, from the canon. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. there's one, you, there are two you can use. Lego Batman and Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, but... Actually, you're not Yeah, I'm probably, probably not going to use those. Uh, but... Huh, my favorite theatrical Batman film. To be fair, be I mean, fair. they've just announced that Robert Pattinson is the new Batman. And to be fair, I'm kind of over Batman to an extent. I'm kind of over superheroes in general. They've kind of done the genre to death. I want to see Spider-Man. And then after that, I'm going to take everything with a grain of salt. But that being said, looking back, huh. The problem is every Batman film has some sort of major problem with it. I think maybe the dark Knight. That's the one that I think I would go back and watch again and not looking for things that I don't like about it. (laughs) Yeah. The George Clooney one's awful. The Val Kilmer one, boring, not awful, but boring. Um, I didn't like the way that they did the Catwoman and the penguin in Michael Keaton's second Batman film returns. Yeah. Batman returns. It was just, it was too strange. The one with Bane. That's the George Clooney one. No, no, no. The one with the new one with Bane. Oh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, Batman Rises. The Dark Knight Rises. It's one of those ones where when you think about what's really happening in the movie, there is some problems there. The Dark Knight Rises is pretty low on the totem pole for me. Before I get to my favorite, I want to, I may have a couple of hot takes that folks may not like. Mm -hmm. So first, I think Batman Returns is better than Batman almost easily to me. I feel like because the original Batman is kind of schizophrenic mm-hmm. and its tone is how goofy Batman was, mm-hmm. I think he was a lot more serious as Bruce Wayne and Batman mm-hmm. in Returns. Mm-hmm. And it was a more focused project in tone. Mm, I think and you're right. A they, lot of people feel they, that way. They, they like leaned into that harder. Um, mm-hmm. Catwoman was awesome, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for, for that universe, I thought mm-hmm. she was great. The Penguin was just disgusting. And mm-hmm. I think that was the point. Just the way yeah. that he died. Yeah. And had that black goo came out of yeah, his I mouth. Yeah. And he fell out and the penguins dragged him out like that was yeah 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 bro they leaned into it they did but more it was, than i think the original yeah, but again it was that sort of like dark camp and i wasn't i don't know for some reason it's never really appealed to me I've, i okay. might need to go back and rewatch it i haven't seen it in a long time but i'd never really loved it honestly watching this new batman i think it's pretty low for me what i want to emphasize is just what directors leaned into mm-hmm. batman forever and batman and robin say what you want about the cabinets but they leaned into it and True. they stayed there whereas batman True. was kind of all over the place and mm-hmm. so i actually find batman and robin a more enjoyable w- watch just because it's so laughably bad yeah yeah it's, as it's opposed fun to batman to just kind of yeah. being like and then that's the one with 
Jim Carrey is the Riddler, which is really that's, inspired. That's forever. Can't, that's forever. Oh, that's forever. Yes. Wait, then which one? Batman and Robin. Who was Batman the villain and Robin in that? was Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze. Oh yeah. All those okay. ice puns. Chill. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Let's kick Thurman? some ice. Yeah. And the, of course, the Batman credit card. And, oh, that's right. And the yeah. skis. You're, yeah, the bat skis. It they was really, You're right. They it was really terrible, leaned into but it. But they leaned mm-hmm. into that, and so to me, that's that's a funny. I'm drunk. Watch. Fair with, enough. With the homies. Fair enough. Yeah. But my favorite Batman films. Interesting that you kind of dismiss the animated films, but I honestly think uh, Mask of the Phantasm and the Lego Batman movie are the best Batman films that have mm. been made. Lego Batman. The Lego Batman movie was fun but it leans way too heavily on like every other Batman movie for me. No, it, mm-hmm. I think it's the way, the reason why I love Lego Batman mm-hmm. is it doesn't just celebrate the old movies. Mm-hmm. It just celebrates Batman as his whole idea. Canon. Yeah, true. Uh, it goes through all of his villains, mm-hmm. all of his kind of major changes. Mm-hmm. It goes through, and it breaks him down. Like the mm-hmm. scene, my favorite scene in the movie is when Batman comes home from kicking ass. Mm-hmm. He's, he feels all great about himself, but he comes mm-hmm. back to a lonely mansion mm-hmm. In his mask, he's talking to his parents mm-hmm. about, hey, hey guys, I saved the city again. Mm. I wish you all could have seen it. I think you all would have been proud. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. I, uh, I saved the city again today. I wish you could have seen me. I think you would have been really proud. You know, you're laughing, then you really get to the root of like, man, this guy is really mm. lonely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's crazy that a kid's animation would, out of any other Batman film, mm-hmm. make you really feel for this character. True, true, true. Um, I think that scene and other scenes in that movie, along with Mask of the Phantasm, how they dealt with Bruce's mm-hmm. uh, drama and conflict about being Batman versus choosing love. I mm-hmm. think, you know, the, uh, the Phantasm clip where he's at the graveyard crying mm-hmm. about, I need this to be different now. Yeah. Tell me it's okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think more than any other film, they really get to the emotional heart of, of Batman. Yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah, definitely. And there's just so much more to those movies than that, but mm-hmm. that really touched me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And I think that the, well, the problem with all of DC's properties is that their animated films are always better than their live action films. So yeah. I didn't initiate, I didn't put them aside out of disregard, even though Lego Batman, I don't love it as much as you do. I liked it, but I don't love it the way you do. Um, but I put them aside, not out of a sense of disregard, but because really they're a different thing. Like all of DC's animations, DC animations are really good. Some of them, most of them, most of them. I think that like there's DC animations that even though, you know, I'm grown, I'll sit and watch young justice. Like it's a regular weekly TV show. Yeah, Cause great. it's good. Um, but their, their live action properties are kind of a different thing. You didn't love Lego Batman's that, that opening song? Who does the sickest backflips? Yeah. Batman! No. I, <laughs> I thought it was cute. I, I thought it was cute. That song. I thought it was cute, but I just didn't, I don't have the love for it. You do. Who doesn't pay his tax or who pays his tax? It's not Batman. <laughs> okay. That was funny, but still. Mm-hmm. Pulled out the guitar in the middle of the fight. I know. Well, that but, was so awesome. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I think there's something about the Lego movie that I really appreciate intellectually, but it just escapes me. I don't love them as much as the people do, and I don't know why. Lego movie, his metal song, Darkness. Okay, that I like. No parents. Okay, I think maybe that's what it was. Hold on. Okay, maybe that's what it was, because I, I thought that Batman was the best part of the Lego movie. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I guess I was expecting something different from Lego Batman. I liked it. I keep saying I liked it. I Bo- did. I'm like damning it with Bojack faint praise. Batman. But yeah, totally. And I mean, Will Arnett is hilarious, yeah. uh, but I don't love it the way everybody seems to have this unreserved love for it. I'm like, it's just all right. I'll watch it. But yeah. All right. I feel you. Okay. But everything is awesome. You're awesome. Everyone, you're awesome for sticking through this. How did we turn this into Lego Batman? But it's about time for us to check out. This concludes the latest episode of Blurred Up. If you want to find us, we are on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We're also on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. We're also on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. If you want to email us, if you all still do that thing. Oh, wow. Email us at YoBlurredUp. Y O B L E R D U P at gmail.com. Ooh, we have an email. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't up. know. Hit Yay. And I love it. Yo, blurred up. That's very 90s rap show. I'm a 90s kid. Yeah. And I wonder if anyone knows the, the inspiration for our logo, too. Mm, let us know if you know. Yeah. You may get something cool from us if you do. Who are you making promises for? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't promise nothing. I said, okay. might. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Let's get nuts.
because I just wrote a song about how I'm going to kick all your butts. Stop him before he starts singing! In the darkest night Who has the coolest gadgets? Who has the tricks outrun?